My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said, and I know them and they follow me. That's John 10, 27, and this is the Living the Word Bible Podcast. Do you ever hear the Lord's voice? Today we consider how to hear His voice and where and what it takes to recognize Him in His Word. I'm Sarah Chris Meyer talking with women about the Bible and the difference it makes in our lives. My guest today has spent a lifetime seeking to hear God's voice and asking Him to open her heart to understand His Word. Barbara Heil has traveled all over the world helping others encounter Jesus as loving shepherd through worship seminars, retreats, conferences, pilgrimages, among other things. Barbara, welcome to Living the Word Bible Podcast. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. I know you have been traveling a lot. You've had a lot of various conferences and retreats and so on all over the country. What are you preparing for these days? These days, I have a conference coming up up in Minnesota. I've got uh, two pilgrimages getting ready to go. The big one's next May and uh, what, sorry, next March. We're going to be in Jerusalem Mm. for the Palm Sunday procession. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. So, and then uh, still ministering, doing conferences, and then locally also trying to be involved in a more pastoral ministry of of Bible study with Mm. women. Mm -hmm. So, that's what we're up to. That's wonderful. You know, to read your bio or to listen to you and all the things that you're involved with, it would really be easy to assume that you always have had this really deep, strong relationship with the Lord. Is that right? No, that is not right. And that's actually an assumption that people make about me uh, just when they hear, read the bio. No, I, I didn't even grow up in a Christian family. Mm. I, I was, um, I like to say I was 10th generation heathen. <laughs> and um, yeah, my family, my parents, I mean, we were outside of San Francisco. We lived in Alameda Island for part of my childhood. And my dad was an atheist hmm. and we had, we didn't go to church at all. We didn't go to church at Christmas. We didn't go to church at Easter. We didn't go ever. And when I, and my family split, my mother left and when I was about 12 I was a very messy person, actually, as a teenager. I was really trying to, you know, find my tribe and hung around with other very deeply wounded people. And by the time I was a student, I was a mess and I was hanging Mm -hmm. out with people that were a mess. So to make a long story short, there were people that were praying for these students these, I call them the little old ladies until one day recently I realized I'm probably about the age of those ladies that were <laughs> trying to witness to us. And, uh. and, they, and, and Sarah, they would hand us little pieces of scripture. I didn't even know it was scripture until mm. later I realized you read that's it? what it was. We would make spit wads out of it. I mean, it's in oh the late seventies. <laughs> we're making we're kids. We're making spit wads and and tease, you know, joking. But my friends took the invitation and ended up becoming believers, having a profound encounter with Christ. And then I became their project. And then mm-hmm. finally, one night, I found myself at what we call an old-fashioned altar, uh, mm-hmm. weeping my way to salvation. I knew Jesus was alive. I knew He loved me. I, and my life changed forever from that day. 
So that is how I actually came to know the Lord. And because it was such a radical transformation, first of all, there were two things. Number one, I did not know, Sarah, I did not know other people knew about Jesus. Hmm. Because here I was, you know, and nobody had ever told me this. I did not grow up hearing this. And so I didn't know that people around me had heard of Jesus. Wow. And and the second, so I made it my business. I'm going to tell everybody because this is like the best news ever. (laughs) This is like amazing. This is, the world makes sense now. And there's, there's someone who loves me and we're not, I'm not an accident. And, and he, I'm created for a purpose. I'm not just floating through the universe. I'm created for a reason. I have a destiny. And, ha- and there's a God who created all things that, that is for me and not against me. And when I discovered that, it wrecked me, mm-hmm. absolutely wrecked me. And I knew. So the second thing, was, first of all, I didn't know other people knew. The second thing was, I knew that if God could transform my life, because literally overnight, all the stuff fell off, habits, things I was doing, the way we were partying, all the stuff. Overnight, just God just healed our hearts, all of us. I mean, mm. if, you, if you saw that movie, Jesus Revolution, that, that was, I was in that. That was, that was me. <laughs> and so I knew that if he did this for me, and if he could do that for my friends, he could do this for anybody. Wow. So I we we became those Christians that wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. That's how I started out. So that obviously was in a, a Protestant kind of setting. It sounds Absolutely. like it anyway to me. How did you then become Catholic? Well, at, the way I became Catholic was well, I became a missionary, I became evangelist, went to Bible school. I was really trained to be anti-Catholic. I wow. am almost, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I was trained. You know, I look back, I forgive everybody for their crazy teaching. Uh, they did, I, I realized they, they thought they knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so one day as a missionary, as a minister, I had married a minister and in ministry. One day somebody handed me a book by St. Teresa of Avila. It was actually a compilation. It was basically a Reader's Digest version of her greatest hits, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I devoured it. I couldn't believe she was Catholic. I'm like, this woman is full of God. And it made me so hungry that I started devouring what I later found out were the fathers of the church. Oh, how about and, that? And the, and the doctors of the church, you know, just the fathers of the church, the mothers of the church, I've read Origin. I've read. I've read. Every, I've read all of them, and not dreaming, not dreaming that I would one day come into the church. Uh, a couple of things happened. One, the big one was one day when my mom was in the middle of chemo. We're talking, and I found out I'd been baptized Catholic and never knew it. Oh wow! So my mom was a lapsed Catholic who had married you know, the jazz singer that became, you know, the, the Navy pilot, you know, the helicopter pilot, I should say, you know, and, and just she had walked away from her faith. And so I didn't ever even know I was baptized. <laughs> now, mind you, I've been reading and having experiences at Catholic churches while we're pastors, while we're running Bible schools, while we're doing missions, all this stuff, never dreaming of coming into the church. But 
so attracted in finding my, and, and I have to tell you, Catholic teaching was starting to creep into my, into, <laughs> into your my, teaching, into my teaching. The second <laughs> big thing was the Holy Spirit told me to take this class, and it ended up being the the Harry J. Flynn Catechetical Institute in St. Paul, Minnesota, oh, nice. under Jeff Cavins. So that's what, and and so I was like the only Protestant they've ever had, still to this day, mm. that has gone to that two year school. And the cat just combing through the catechisms and catechism. And for me, because the kind of, you know, just where I was coming from, I just didn't take the the book's word for it. I looked up all the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of cross-referencing. I did a lot of prayer and I fell in love. And finally there came a day. It's like, how, how could I not? How yeah, could the I truth not? just shines so brightly, yeah. doesn't it? You, you press that, and it's it's good, and mm-hmm. it's been so satisfying and so beautiful. Well, I'm curious to know: Did becoming Catholic change the way you read Scripture? Oh no way, not at all. The whole church is founded on Scripture and tradition, and so. I read, I'm still a woman of the word. As Catholics, we're called to be people of the word, women of the word. We're called to, our life is in scripture. Uh, The church itself teaches us that our life is, that the church is carrying this truth and bringing us to Christ. But the church itself will tell you, this scripture is your life. And so, no, it has not changed that at all. In fact, in a way, and in a strange way, it's deepened it because mm. I find myself in the Word all the time, finding these nuggets, sharing these nuggets, and even just the daily readings. I do the Liturgy of the Hours. That's all Scripture. Mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago, not just to say the Scripture, to pray. I've been praying the Scripture for 40 years, you know, way before I became Catholic. And describe so, what you mean by that. What do you mean, pray the scripture? When we pray the scripture, for example, if you're reading the Liturgy of the Hours, if you're reading the daily readings, instead of just reading them for information, I, I get either the Psalms or the Gospel or whatever is really particularly sticking out to me, and I and I turn it into a prayer. Mm. This is this is what you're saying. This is what you're calling us into. Lord, you're not highlighting this scripture and this verse just so I can have more information, just so I can, you know, intellectually analyze this. You're, you're revealing yourself to me in this, and I want to enter into this scripture, pray this scripture back to you, and make this part of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the word, the scripture is called the word of God. And word is expression. So in the word of God, he's expressing who he is to us in scripture. This is not a reference book. This is not just a book I refer to when I'm trying to find an answer to somebody. Although I can do that, this book is a revealing of God's heart to us. And when I find, when I look into that word and understand, this isn't just a story, and it's not, we always say it's his story. That's where we yeah. get his story from. It's not just his story. 
This is his expression of who he is to us because he wants us to know him. Mm. He wants us in communion with him. He wants us to be satisfied with him. And also he wants to heal our lives. So, so many facets to his word. So as I pray that word, I'm entering into what he wants revealed in me, not just something for me to check the box off that, oh, I read, I read Tobit today, (laughs) you know, so to, but to enter into that and, and, and find myself when I was a young missionary, I, I had the experience where I was meeting these men and women of faith that really seemed to know God and they'd pray and God would answer their prayers. And the thing they all had in common was this deep knowing of the Word of God. Hmm. And I remember as a very young missionary, and I was in Hong Kong at the time, and I remember opening my Bible. I had just come out of China, and I was at our ministry house, and I opened my Bible, and I said, well, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, show me what you want to say to me hmm. through this Word. I don't just want to hear what other people are telling me about this book Speak to me through your word. And seriously, Sarah, I sat there that day and I still remember it perfectly. I had my notebook, I had my pen, I had my Bible, and I was in the book of Ephesians. And seriously, it just started to explode in my heart when I realized this isn't, he's not just giving me information so that I could learn good theology, Mm -hmm. which is important. He was telling me who he was and who I was in relation to him. And it be- the word began to explode in my life. I had really good teachers around me, and certain scriptures became really powerful in my life. One of them is from the book of Ephesians, where it talks about the washing of the water by the word of God. And I realized I needed my mind washed. Hmm. I needed my heart washed. I knew I was forgiven. But I wanted to be changed. And how am I transformed? Well, he said, you know, for me, it was the scriptures and especially Psalm 119. How will a young man cleanse his ways? By listening to the word of God and applying it. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And and I discovered the transformative power of the Word of God, of the Scriptures, that again, it wasn't just a reference book. It wasn't just to teach me the story. It was to bring me into the story, to equip me to be in that story, and to purify my heart so I could participate in this story. I can't separate the Word of God from Jesus. That is so beautiful. And what was coming to my mind as you were talking was that little phrase, you are what you eat. You know, you become what you eat. And that's true with food, but it's true with what we put in our minds. And one of the ways that we can counteract the kind of toxic things that are coming into our minds all the time through the media or the news or just life sometimes is by filling it with the word of God. And that word of God is living and active. And until we actually spend time there, we can't experience it. But like you said, it has transformative power. 
The Word of God is living. It says in the book of Hebrews, it's living and powerful like a sharp two-edged sword. So when I prayerfully read the Word of God to, to hear what God is saying to me and to allow it to go deep into my life, I actually allow that word to become like a sword mm-hmm. separating what, what is carnal from what is spiritual in my life. By the word of God, I begin to understand the things of God and yeah. what, what God wants us to know and what God has for us. Yeah, something I want to get back to, something you said early on when you talked about it being personal to you. And I think a lot of people will separate prayer and scripture reading. So prayer is me talking to God and scripture reading is me maybe finding out about God or getting that instruction or whatever. But it's when we put them together that it has this unique faculty that no other book has that we can actually enter into a conversation. So when God is speaking to us, he's not doing it just so that it can bounce off our ears, right. <laughs> you know, and it's in responding to him and in allowing it to really touch our lives and then taking that back to him, whether with a question or with anger sometimes or frustration or love or however it is that we're going to receive it, that it can actually become a conversation and start to work in us. Yes. I love the Psalms for this reason, especially because if you're frustrated, you can find a frustrated psalm. If you're angry, you can find an angry psalm. Yeah. And you can pray that psalm with the author and it fully express yourself. So when I'm, when I'm praying this scripture, for me, when I'm praying this scripture, I make it mine. I put myself in that scripture. Lord, this is what you said. And I, and I don't just say that prayer. I say it. And I give it to him, I enter into it, and it becomes a conversation between the two of us. Many times he speaks to me through scripture. I'll have something I'm considering that I'm lifting up to the Lord. And many times he'll come to me with the, with the phrase from his word. It's a two-way street. You know, Sarah, I just want to encourage people, uh, start praying those scriptures, especially if you're already, let's say you're already doing the daily readings and you're already praying the Psalms, uh, maybe in the um, liturgy of the hours. Don't just reading them is not necessarily praying. You want to actually, from your heart, let yourself be expressed to the Father and and engage with Him in that. And I think that's really personal for people. I don't think there's any like we can't do it for anybody else mm-hmm. to that degree you just have to do it for yourself it's sort it's sort of like reading the scripture when you really start studying the word of god and not just in your intellect just intellectually checking the boxes and you know trying to you know we could start out that way but to enter into everything the word of god is teaching as a response to a a prayerful response to God talking to us immediately. Mm -hmm. I think we do need to study also, you know, so that we know we can read it through the context of knowing what is true. So we don't want to miss that. I was thinking about the verse I started out with, you know, my sheep hear my voice. 
And how do we know it's his voice? Because sometimes if we just come at a new scripture, we could maybe hear some other other voices or maybe not be interpreting it properly. How would you suggest that we actually grow to know his voice? I would suggest to know, to grow to know his voice by actually getting back in the word of God, reading the word of God, because this is his voice. This is his heart to us. This is his voice. And I remember one of the things that we would teach in Bible school, the, the office of counterfeiting in the government to recognize the counterfeit money. They don't study counterfeit money. They study real money. Yeah. So if I want to know the counterfeit, I study the real. And I know what the real is because of Scripture. And yes, we do need to know the story intellectually. One of the things we say is information should lead to inspiration, which will lead to revelation, which leads to transformation. So I need that information. Don't get me wrong. Needs have to have the information but I don't just want to stay at that level. And when I study the Word of God, this gives me a gift of discernment. I begin to discern because of the Word of God is a light, not just for my heart, but also for my intellect as I put this Word of God on my mind. And then as Jesus said, you know, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And part of that following is acting according to the word that you hear. And if we act against it, we become dull of hearing or we don't hear, you know, we just hear what we want to hear. So it's important to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as we do hear things. Absolutely. In fact, you can't separate the word of God from the Holy Spirit. Um, It's breathed by the Holy Spirit. One of the things, Sarah, that I just want to comment on is on my way into the church, and people, Catholics are surprised when I tell them this part. On the way into the church, if I read a book, you know, the Coming Home Network sent me all kinds of books when I was on my way in. Yeah, I just couldn't take their word for it. I wanted to see the original source. So I'm the person that looks up everything in the footnotes, okay? <laughs> that's that's me. I That's me. I was stunned at how much is direct from Scripture, mm-hmm. of Catholic teaching. In and catechism, I, you can and, see in that. In the catechism, yeah. you can see that, but also documents on the Vatican website, because I still mm-hmm. will go back, and I was like, I want to read the, I want to read what he actually said. I want to read what was actually in that document. So, and that's, anybody can read that, by the way, and go to that website. But the church uses Scripture to validate everything. Mm-hmm. It is the cornerstone of our faith. Yeah. And in a church teach, and this is what I love about the magisterium of the Catholic Church. If there's a question, what does the church say? I have to trust the church. I trust the church. And so the magisterium that's studying the Word of God, studying tradition, studying the teaching of church fathers and church mothers, and, and coming to a, an informed conclusion, and this is part of that being able to receive discernment from Scripture, to trust this book, you know, because the church trusts this book. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I want to ask if you have any practical tips to share with people. But first of all, I would like to ask anybody listening, you know, has God ever spoken to you through Scripture? Have you heard His voice? What was that like? 
how did you know it was him? I'm going to post that question on Instagram this week for the community at Living the Word Bible, and I really look forward to hearing from you. So back to you, Barbara. You know, plenty of people read or hear the Bible without hearing the voice of God. So what advice or tips would you have for someone who wants to hear God speak through the word to them who hasn't experienced that yet? It has to do with the orientation of your heart. It's like in a relationship with your spouse or your children or your coworkers. What is the orientation of your heart? You're going to hear people according to what you're wanting to receive from them. If you've already got your hand out and you're like, ah, but you know, you're orientating yourself a certain way. So I want to be receptive to the word of God. I don't want to go off into error or, you know, start kind of cherry picking to kind of prove my point. You know, I, I, what I want to do is use this word to grow deeper in God. So that's number one is my orientation, my motive. This is my chance. I'm not just learning. I'm meeting with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm meeting with him as if I were in adoration. I am meeting with him in his word, in this living word. It is not dead. It is a living word when it's mixed with faith. If I just read this word without faith and with without belief and with Although at, at the same time that I'm saying this, I could tell you stories of atheists who went to read the Bible and God just blasted through and they had this big transformation. But first of all, I want to orientate myself. I want to come to God in prayer. I want to present myself to the Lord and become like a little child and say, Lord, speak to me through your word. You show me what you have for me in this word. I want to be inspired by this word. I want to be, I want to have a, a revelation of this word, meaning that I get that big aha where I see you because of this scripture or this certain passage, and I can never not see you. I can never not hear that from you because I got that revelation in this scripture. And I want to move into transformation, Lord. I want this word to change me. I want to be like Jesus. And I want to walk in your word and in your ways. So we orientate ourselves. Then I sit down, have that prayer time, have my notebook. And honestly, Sarah, the biggest way that I learned the scriptures is, frankly, I I went through my Bible once a year, just reading it. I would pray my Psalms. I wasn't even Catholic yet, and I'm praying my Psalms. Barbara, I want to know if you're willing to tell me you know, how is God speaking to you through scripture today? Is there something that you'd like to share with us that you're hearing from the word of God? Well, absolutely. And the scripture that you opened with, my sheep hear my voice, I've actually been meditating on that since before Easter hmm. and unpacking that continually. Now, that's one little verse. Actually, there's like three altogether. Uh, Clumped up in another, they will not voice uh, another voice. They will not follow. You know, I you think of my sheep hear my voice. Well, in any situation, where's his voice going? Where's my shepherd going? Hmm. There's always the other voice. 
I don't want to follow the voice of offense. I don't want to follow the voice of pride. I don't want to follow the voice of unforgiveness. I, we are bombarded in our culture, even at church, unbelievably, with opportunities to be upset, hurt, offended, judgmental, critiquing. Which way is the Lord going? Where's His voice going? What's His voice saying in that situation? Yeah, so, when you hear somebody condemning you or saying you're not worth anything, right. what does Jesus say about that? What does He say? Or if somebody's condemning somebody else or somebody's judging somebody else or you've been watching too much news and you want to start condemning and judging somebody else and that stuff that rises up in our hearts, I'm, I'm listening to the voice of the world. I don't want to listen to that voice and I don't want to follow that voice because that voice will lead me into sin, which will lead me into death. I want to follow his voice in my daily life that leads me in the paths of life. So I listen for the voice above all the other voices and it's the voice of my shepherd. I have to tell you one fast story, Sarah. I know we're running Mm -hmm. out of time. One day, I was speaking on a Native American reservation out in South Dakota with a team of people, and we stopped at this ranch. It was a 25,000-acre ranch way in western South Dakota. It was all sheep. And so we saw all these thousands and thousands of sheep, and we're like, we're jumping out of the, we're like, stop the car. We're going to call the sheep. And we go out there, and we're we're like going up to the fence, and it's like, here, sheepy, sheepy, we're trying to call the sheep. And I'm going to tell you, Sarah, they didn't even look at us. They didn't even stop grazing. Uh, they didn't even, they didn't budge. And it was like, this is insulting. <laughs> they can't even call a sheep. And seriously, this pickup truck pulls up behind our car and this guy gets out and he's like, you know, who are you? What are you doing? We're like, oh, they told us to take this shortcut. And and we're, it's just so beautiful here. And is this your ranch? Yeah, this is my ranch. Are these your sheep? Yeah, these are my sheep. And I said, we've been trying to call the sheep. And he goes, you've been trying to call the sheep. And he just simply whistled. And I saw 2,000 heads go, Oh, wow. Riveted to him. They did not know my voice. They didn't even budge. Hmm. And I said, Lord, I want to be that kind of sheep that oh. doesn't even budge when the voice of the enemy tries to direct me. I just want to simply be moved by his, by your voice. And so learning his voice in scripture, learning his heart for me in scripture so that another we will not follow. Oh man, that is beautiful. Is is there something that you have heard the shepherd saying to you lately to your heart that you would like to share with people to be praying with this week? One of the things that the Holy Spirit speaks to me continually, but but has been highlighting, is a very familiar portion of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Mm. And it says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you or for you. And we, I again, I am surrounded by opportunities not to give thanks. I'm surrounded by opportunities to be worried, to be critiquing, to feel condemned, you know, all the stuff that that kind of comes upon us that we have to kind of bite, uh, you know, fight off. And walking through that without 
becoming that without letting that into my heart, I just start giving thanks. I just mm-hmm. start giving praise to the Lord, thanks to the Lord. This is God's will for my life. When I understand the providence of God, the the purposes of God, the design of God, that nothing can take me out of His hand mm-hmm. and nothing can change my destiny, nothing can change my purpose in God, I begin to give thanks in everything. This is the will of God for my life. When I'm giving thanks, I'm saying, no matter what goes on, God is still in control. Mm-hmm. When I'm giving thanks, I'm saying it doesn't matter what the circumstances, as bad as they may be, and sometimes it's really bad. Listen, when I first learned this verse, and the power of it was after my husband died, mm-hmm. can I still give thanks in this, yeah. in the midst of this, and what it did for me and what it continues to do for me to this day is when I glorify God in the midst of my enemies, in the midst of what's coming against me, in the midst of what I'm walking through, I'm declaring Jesus is Lord over all of it. Nothing else is going to define me but what God says about me. Nothing yeah. else is controls my future but what God has purposed for my future. My life and times are in His hands. So I've learned in everything to give thanks, to actually. So we say it, again, it's that thing where I can intellectually just say, oh yeah, that's what the Bible says. But when I enter into it and actually begin to give Him thanks, to respond that word by actually, okay, Lord, I praise you. I like, I can't remember the saint that said it, but she said, Lord, I don't understand you, but I'm going to follow you. <laughs> isn't, isn't that all of us? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't understand you, but I'm going to follow you. And Lord, you are King. You are God. There is none other beside you. And I praise you even in the midst Amen. of this. Yeah. Amen. Well, I am going to pray that now together, and I think I'm going to back up a couple of verses and also tack on the end. This is all from 1 Thessalonians 5, and I will also post it up on the webpage for this episode so that if anyone wants to, they can be reading with this and praying with it during this week. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And moving down to verse 23, May the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. We pray, Father, for the grace that we need to hear your voice. Thank you for wanting to speak to us, to make yourself known to us individually, into the deep recesses of our hearts and into the details of our lives. And we thank you for the life and strength that your word brings to us. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and ponder what you say. Give us grace to love and live your word in our daily lives. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. And Mary, mother of the word, pray for us. Well, Barbara, Barbara, I have so enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you for giving of your time and your heart and your wisdom. Is there, is there anything else you'd like to share before we go, particularly where can people reach you or find out more about your ministry? Our website is fromhisheart.com. Make sure you put that .com, fromhisheart.com. And I think our, our calendar, I hope, is up to date. And uh, you can reach us there. You can keep us in your prayers. We are Catholic lay missionaries, and we still go to the nations. We'll be in Zimbabwe in August. Before then, I'm doing several conferences, uh, several retreats also locally, and then just trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus to everybody I meet. So please keep me in your prayers. Well, we will do that. And God bless you and all that you and your husband do for the Lord. This is Sarah Chris Meyer, and this has been the Living the Word Bible Podcast. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you'll join me every Thursday for conversations with women who love and live God's Word. You can also join our Instagram community at Living the Word Bible and look for the question this week asking how God has spoken to you through Scripture. Please jump in and join the conversation. If you'd like to get a copy of the Living the Word Catholic Women's Bible or the brand new companion journal, they're available to you for a special price, $5 off of each and free shipping. Just go to AveMariaPress.com and use the promo code BiblePodcast. And the offer is good through the end of this year, 2023. Meanwhile, may God richly bless you as you read His Word. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.